For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hello, it is Tuesday, January 22nd, and today we got a good one for you. Full recap of the championship weekend, good conversation in there too. Talk about the Packers, Ty's a little worked up about it, obviously. Talk about that Niners dominant performance, talk about the Chiefs being the Chiefs and the Titans, what a run. Will they be back next year? We dissect in chit-chat. Also, Rob Ninkovich, two-time Super Bowl champ from the New England Patriots, stopped by. We got a good one today. I think you're going to enjoy it. If you do, please tell a friend to download the podcast. We'd appreciate the hell out of you. And also, if you're going to go to a live event, any type of live event, I don't care what it is, sporting event, concert, comedy, theater, wrestling, you name it, any live event, you better get your tickets from a greatest ticketing app on planet earth and that's SeatGeek. SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck. The best ticket available at the best price available is available for you, the best human on earth because you're shopping at SeatGeek. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. And right now, use promo code PAT and get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. Holy shit. They're giving it away over there. Let's have a little self-awareness. If you're rich, please use promo code PAT and get $10 off. If you're not rich yet, use promo code McAfee and get $20 off your first order. All right. Great gift. So you got Valentine's Day coming up. Maybe go to a concert, a comedian. Maybe a play is coming by, huh? Great gift. Get $20 off promo code McAfee, first order, from our friends at SeatGeek and our presenting sponsor. Let's get to the show. Lots to unfold today, especially coming fresh off of that championship Sunday in the National Football League. For me, what we learned yesterday from the Titans and Chiefs game is that this Titans team was a very good team, but their destiny just didn't have enough gas to get past what I think is going to be the most talented roster potentially ever assembled. That defense since week 11 has only been given up on the Kansas City Chiefs side. Has only been given up 16 points a game. 16 points a game. Patrick Mahomes can score 17 points with his left hand in one quarter. (laughs) That offense has so many weapons. You got Robinson guys popped up out of nowhere. Hardman popped up out of nowhere this year. Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Patrick Mahomes. And the offensive line has this ability because they're only rushing three and they dropped into the zone because they didn't want Patrick Mahomes to set But they have this ability to beat you however they want to beat you. Started slow again in the first game against Houston Texans. They were down 24-0. This time, they were down 10-0. The same memes about Andy Reid's season and the Andy Reid factor were popping up out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, they flipped the switch and in the second quarter decided to dominate. Over the last two weeks, they've won the second quarter or after the first quarter 79-24 or something like that. 
42 of those points coming in the second quarter. Six drives in the second quarter the last two weeks for the Chiefs. Six touchdowns in the second quarter for the Kansas City Chiefs. The way it goes is... Whenever you think you have them, whenever you think you have it figured out, Dean Pease, the defense coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, schemed up something nice. Had him stumped there for the first quarter. Then Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes figure it out, and in that second quarter, they just obliterate you. And then once that buzzsaw starts going, they go into halftime with the lead both times after being down. The other coaching staff goes, damn. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and that offense are hot right now, and they completely change everything that they thought they were going to do going into the game at halftime because they realize what's standing on the other side of the field, what's taking snaps for the opposing team. Michael Vrabel and the boys for the Tennessee Titans looked across the field at the guy taking uh, snaps at quarterback and said, oh, that guy's an alien. Oh, that offense is heating up. Oh, they're going to be able to do whatever they want. Let's go ahead and change our entire thing. Let's panic. They don't even give the ball to Derrick Henry in the second half, basically. Derrick Henry has been this enigma that nobody could stop, nobody could tackle. Kansas City Chiefs proved that they could, but they put it all in Tannehill's hands. And as soon as you do that, you got Ryan Tannehill versus Patrick Mahomes in the second half. Good night, Irene. I said good night, Irene. It was... I think Tannehill is very good at football. I like what the Titans did this year. But the, the Kansas City Chiefs made the Titans be something that they weren't because of how hot that they got in the second quarter, and that just carried into the second half. Patrick Mahomes also has this moxie, right? He plays to the crowd. Whenever he came out before the game and they introduced him to run out in that tunnel, it wasn't your classic boring quarterback wave, maybe a full sprint, whatever it is. It was a let's go, let's get the crowd going. He's 23 years old, enjoys the moment, lives for the moment, and he will be officially the first Drafted athlete from Detroit to be a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Come on. (laughs) This early in the show, you had to bring it up? Well, I'm just saying that because he's such a good athlete. The reason why that I had to bring it up, because he was drafted by the Detroit Tigers to play baseball. He chooses to play football, and now he's made the NFL his playground, basically, week in and week out. And I think a lot of things change at that bye week earlier in the year. Andy Reid got a chance to reset his mind. Andy Reid drew up some new plays. Patty Mahomes got a chance for his patella that bounced out of his where his patella is supposed to be and came back in, kind of rest that up, get his knees healthy. That defense started turning on because Tyron Matthew was tired of people popping off on Twitter against him. Chris Jones, number 95, is probably the second best defensive tackle in football right behind Aaron Donald. Pretty good company to be in. So after that bye week, that entire team started clicking. They started getting hot. Now they've just rattled off eight straight, nine straight, and I don't know if they're going to be stoppable, to be honest. And if they are, the team that battled against Green Bay Packers yesterday might be the team to do it. That defense is just an absolute weapon for the San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Rodgers was under siege the entire game. Aaron Rodgers made a bad throw for that guy to undercut it there in the first half whenever they were down 17 already or whatever it was. They had a quarter center back, uh, center quarterback exchange issue, obviously. They gave the ball back to the 49ers. And at the end, he was just throwing it up because they're down three scores, have to make a big play, let that thing eat. But that San Francisco 49ers team, the defense is hungry. That front line can cause absolute chaos for an offense. Or, yeah, for an offense. And the San Francisco 49ers offense, on the other hand, can run the ball all over the place. Kyle Juszczyk and Kyle Shanahan, the two Kyles they got over there. Yes, the whitest names in history. Yes, very Caucasian. But Kyle Shanahan schemes up these plays. George Kittle, by the way, one of the most electric and explosive football players on the offensive side of the ball. 
Yesterday, realized all you need me to do is just pancake people. I can do that for you. Debo Samuel, the wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, not only a stud when he catches the ball, blocking people downfield. It was a full team effort and a commit to that run. And Mozart saw and reaped the benefit of that. He had 186 yards rushing yesterday before he was even contacted, before he was even touched. Those holes are bigger than the ones Ron Jeremy used to hit. He was running all (laughs) over the place, and that's because that Niners team has great design, they have great grit, they have great plays, and most importantly, they have a team that is bought in completely to what Kyle Shanahan's pitching. Good defense. The offense can win in a, a multitude of ways. They can throw if need be. They did that with the Saints yesterday. They ran it. Kyle Shanahan was asked by Terry Bradshaw. Oh, by the way, Terry Bradshaw did a lot better with the interviews than I thought he was going to do. I mean, I'm a big Terry Bradshaw mm-hmm. fan. Big Terry Bradshaw fan. He handled those interviews a lot better than I thought he would. I mean, because everybody knows Terry Bradshaw has a chance to kind of well, yeah, go wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. He handled those interviews well. He asked Kyle Shannon about why they ran the ball so much. And he said, because it was working. What do you want me to do? That's an in-game adjustment, by the way. He probably planned on Jimmy G throwing the ball more than eight times. He probably planned on utilizing Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle and all this Debo Samuel down the field. But then whenever he saw the Green Bay Packers... Couldn't stop a damn thing on the ground. He's like, hey, listen, boys, let's just hammer this home. And the rush are over 300 yards or something like that. Absolute insanity. And if there's a team that can maybe possibly keep up with the Chiefs, it's the Niners. We got it right. I'm excited for the Chiefs and the Niners. I'm sad for the Packers. I think they had a hell of a run. Ugly winning 13 games or 13 game win season this year. Got to win the playoffs against Russell Wilson. Good for them. They're a very young team, though. Like the fifth youngest roster in the NFL. 26 years old is the average age. Aaron Rodgers says he sees the 18th hole, but he's also happy playing football again, which he wasn't for a long time under McCarthy. I think he comes back. Maybe he digests the LaFleur offense during the offseason, gives a little bit more critique. I think we should do this more this year, this more this year. Get them a couple more weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Sure up that defense. They obviously found a weakness in the run game. You have to do that. Come back more prepared for next year, but I think in a rebuild, which is what happens when you get a new head coach, to get to the NFC Championship as a Packer fan, you got to be happy. Now, for the Titans, they have 28 free agents this year. 28 free agents this year. I'm no mathematist, but that's over half the roster's future is in limbo. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Some of those players, some of the key players, might never see each other ever again. And that's just a fact. That's how the NFL is. That Titans team understood what they had in that locker room. They understood the momentum that they had in that locker room. They understood that with the business that is ahead, that this is probably the last chance that this group of guys, this team, is going to be able to make this run. That's why you saw so many dudes distraught after that game, I think, on both sides. But for me, the Titans' chance was this year. Now... They got to take care of Tannehill. They got to take care of Derrick Henry. They got to take care of the other 26 free agents, which is not going to be an easy task. Hell of a run by the Titans. Hell of a run by the Packers. Very, very excited for the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl championship. When looking at the Chiefs, how demoralizing is it for opposing teams knowing like they, they're never out of it? It doesn't matter what the score is. doesn't matter how slow they start. Like you, you can't take your foot off the gas when you play them because eventually those guys are going to get open. Like you, you can't play that sound of defense for an entire game and expect to just shut down all their weapons. It's just it's impossible. The Titans had the ball for 19 minutes in the first half. The Chiefs had the ball for 11 minutes in the first half. Chiefs went into halftime with a lead and absolutely unstoppable. That's just, it's one of those things where that offense, now, a lot of people are saying, 
Patrick Mahomes got drafted to the perfect position. Patrick Mahomes has more weapons than anybody else. Patrick Mahomes has this. Patrick Mahomes has that. I agree. I completely agree. But to be able to utilize all of these gifts that he's been given and to utilize this situation that he's been dropped in and turn it into something that is not going to be a letdown. Instead, they're succeeding in overachieving than anything they're probably supposed to do. Andy Reid is this guy that has always been talked about, can't win the big game, can't win the big game. This is his best team he's ever had, ever. In 2004, when he made the playoffs for the Eagles, it was the first time the Eagles had made the Super Bowl in 24 years, right? Super Bowl appearance drought completely stopped because of Andy Reid. That team had Dawkins. That team had McNabb. That team had a great team. That team, I don't think, could touch this current team that he has for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this year, going to the Super Bowl, it ends a 50-year drought that the Kansas City Chiefs had for going to the Super Bowl. I mean, Andy Reid is a gifted coach, a gifted play caller, and this team is the most talented team he's ever had. And it never, ever feels as if there's any panic on that Chiefs side, ever. Down 24 nothing to the Houston Texans in the divisional round. A lot of people, including myself, would be on the sideline. Hey, hey, well, I mean, this is not how this is supposed to go. Yeah. They keep their cool. They keep their confidence. And then once that buzzsaw gets a going, it is impossible to stop. And I think what that buzzsaw is, is the enemy... Reed and Patrick Mahomes just figuring out what the defense is trying to do to them. Once they do that, it's over. They did it to the Texans. I'll grant a couple special teams plays turn the field for them. But I think against the Titans, it was just one of those things where as soon as they figured out what Vrabel and the boys were trying to do, which was double, they were trying to double a couple people. As soon as they found that out, they're like, all right, here we go. Now this is how we beat it. Pat, maybe you use your legs more. Maybe you run because you got everybody's back facing you because they're all running with our players. Maybe you run, and that's whenever Pat Mahomes pops off for a electrified. 30-yard scamper where he hits a spin move and runs over four dudes who are scared to death to tackle him because of a potential 15-yard personal foul. Doesn't matter. That's not Patrick Mahomes' fault. It's Patrick Mahomes making a play and taking what the defense is giving him. He throws the ball away. He had five throwaways yesterday, which is not normal for somebody because, like... He has that gunslinger mentality where he thinks he can fit it into a keyhole, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate and respect. But he also has the self-awareness enough to throw it away, live to see another day, and take what they give you. He is unbelievable. And at any given moment, tutter. Travis Kelsey didn't even have his biggest day yesterday. Travis Kelsey is an absolute weapon. And last week we talked about we didn't know if Travis Kelsey could block or not. He pancaked a couple dudes yesterday. Good for Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Good for that Chiefs team. But you're 100% right. The Niners have to know. And I would assume everybody knows this, even Vrabel, because when they had to kick that field goal early, you almost saw right. it on Vrabel like, damn, we had to take advantage of this. Because if that's 14 instead of 10, I mean, it's a little bit different story in mm-hmm. the end. I guess it doesn't count because good teams win, great teams cover. The Chiefs covered twice now after being down double digits. Right. But it's just one of those things where you have to score, you have to keep it going however you can, and even if you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, the some bitch is going to get the ball, and all he needs is 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need much, and it's going to pop off the other side. Well, and like we talked about all last week, Derrick Henry, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to run the football, and then they get down into a, in, in a position where it's like, okay, that's not really feasible anymore. Tannehill has to go out there, and he's going to have to beat them on their own. You assume that that's it's going to be the a lot of the same in the Super Bowl. You know, like they're going to make Jimmy G beat them. They're not going to let the the Niners run for three hundred yards like they did against the Packers. I forget which offensive lineman McGlinchey, maybe. Yeah, McGlinchey gave an interview 
uh, the day before the game or two days before the game or whatever, and he said he's sick of people slandering Jimmy G. Just because we run the ball and win the game doesn't mean Jimmy G hasn't deserved or earned the right to be in the NFC Championship, something along those lines. And I think we're going to find out now. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G is going to have to throw the ball. Oh, I mean, if they run like they ran, yeah, right. you don't have to throw the ball at all. I mean, put Ty Schmidt in there, a quarterback, and just hand that thing <laughs> off and let that offensive line, Kyle Juszczyk, and their weapons who block downfield take care of it. But I feel like against the, the Chiefs, just like they did against the Saints, Jimmy G is going to have to make some plays. And I think, and I might be wrong here, I think he can. Like, I, I, I think he's getting yelled at, or not yelled at, but he's getting blamed as a game manager. What do you want the guy to do? You want the guy to tell Kyle Shanahan, like, hey, I know we're about to rush for like 400 yards today, but because of outside thoughts and outside opinions, I would like to throw the ball more just strictly because of what other people say. No, you play to win the game. And Kyle Shanahan, that offense, knew that they could do whatever the hell they wanted. Sorry for interrupting this, own bitch. I just want to let you know that Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Valentine's Day is an effort holiday, men. We know this. It's a day to show your love. And the best way to show your love is via effort. That's all. Preparing a little bit. Getting ahead of things. And right now, there's a company... That is going to make you look like a goddamn hero this Valentine's Day. And that's Steven Singer Jewelers. Right now, Steven Singer Jewelers is selling a 24 karat gold dipped rose. An actual real long stem rose. A beautiful rose dipped in 24 karat gold. It will never die. Never wilt. The real ones, as soon as you give it to them, put it in a pot or, or a little... Yeah, flower pot dies two days later, three days later, four days later. Now what do they got to do? Take it to the trash and throw it away? Not these ones. These ones never die, never wilt, never nothing. And Steven Singer is hooking you up. Free gift box, free shipping, and even a personalized message of love. I mean, let's win Valentine's Day, gentlemen. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com. It's IHateStevenSinger.com because other jewelers hated this guy so much. Because not only does he have 24 karat gold dip roses, he also has a great collection of jewelry as well. You know, maybe a little tag team this holiday, this Valentine's Day. 24 karat gold dip rose and some jewelry. Do it from our friends at Steven Singer Jewelers. Right now, that rose is for 59 bucks. You go to IHateStevenSinger.com and it's Steven with a V. You click on the roses and become a hero this Valentine's Day. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. You're going to love it. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now is Super Bowl champ, a man who looks like he's lost about 75 pounds since leaving the NFL. You can see him on the ESPN, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Ninkovich. Oh boy, Rob. Pat, I got a question. Yeah, buddy. What does it mean when people say you've lost weight, but you haven't at all? Like you've lost muscle? Is that what you do? Is that you just... There's no way the human you are on television right now is the human that was playing football for the New England Patriots. You look like you look like a guy that's maybe playing pickup basketball in LA Fitness or YMCA right now. There's no way that was the same guy playing on Sundays. You lost a lot of weight. Two sixty one this morning. That's what I weigh. What do you? you what know my you... weight. My weight for football is two sixty five. 
Like, I'm like four pounds lighter. It's crazy. Man, I'm so impressed that you were able if if you're as if you're as tiny as you look on television in the for the New England Patriots winning Super Bowls and being a dis I'm more impressed by that than I think anything else I've heard. You look tiny look, out there. If you wear a uh, you know what it is to wear nice suits, right? Except for you cut your sh- you cut your pants and you cut them off. Relax. But you know, if it's a nice fitting suit, it makes you look a lot thinner. And this is what I want to see in this summer, I want to see you in cutoff shorts mm-hmm. and houndstooth. I want to see a houndstooth sport coat with cutoff pants. That's what, what he- I want to see. What That's the hell fine. is that, Rob? What is a houndstooth? Houndstooth. Houndstooth. You know what houndstooth is, right? No. It's a pattern. You, ever, you know, like the, the old school, it's like a, a white and black. It's called houndstooth. Look it looks it like Frogger. You'll love it. I've been wearing all black lately, strictly because of how fat I've gotten. I weighed in this morning, 265, Rob. 265. No, you're not 265. True. I'll take a picture on a scale tonight. I might be 270 if I hit this pizza on the way out of here. <laughs> Straight all in your ass. <laughs> Speaking of in my ass, let me say something out of my ass right now. I don't great, think... Great golfer, huge ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Niners' defense will be able to be as dominant as they were against the Packers as they will against the Chiefs because of how many weapons they have and how offensively productive Patrick Mahomes has been. Am I right or wrong there? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Look, when you when you watch Kansas City play, they're so explosive. You look at Tennessee, it was like... 10 plays, 12 plays. You look at Kansas City, three plays, four plays, touchdown. So it's it's going to be tough. My only concern for this matchup is Kansas City's ability to stop that 300 monster running game. The 49ers running game is very impressive. Oh yeah. Um and I got hats off to them guys like they were playing the front was playing really tough getting after Green Bay nasty running the football. I mean, it's it's going to be one of them old school versus new school, I think, type type Super Bowls because of the fact, you know, Jimmy G only threw it eight times, right? That's nuts. That's crazy. But if you can run the ball, why throw it? I have a question. If you're the Green Bay Packers and you're on the defense and you're realizing yes. what these Niners are doing to you, is it something where you're like, damn, we cannot stop this team as a player? Are you looking around the huddle like, you know, I, I don't think we have a chance of stopping these dudes. They know it, and we know it. Is that something that happens, or is there always that false belief like, oh, if we're a little bit more gap discipline, if this guy goes over this, we change our scheme, we'll be able to stop it? Or do you think it got to a point yesterday? Because it looked like this to me. The Green Bay Packers defense looked like they got to a point where they're like, there's nothing we can do about this. We are getting buzzed sod right now up and down the field yeah i mean at, at a certain point you just kind of you're like looking at each other like wow we suck right now we can't <laughs> stop anything um you know as a defender i've been there where you're like what the f is going on like do we suck this bad is this really this is this us is this really how bad we are and then in the fourth quarter when you're getting slapped across the face of course so yeah they 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 knew it they couldn't stop them like they were getting gassed, and I have a like when I watch bad football, it bothers me. Like when I watch Kansas City joke off sides three times on defense, it bothers me. Oh. When, when I watch defenders pass rush in running situations and, and just have gaping holes to where your chubby butt can get through there and run with for 15, 20 yards on touch, 
that would that bothers me, and I was bothered watching some of these plays yesterday. It bothered me. You know the thing that you just mentioned there. We'll get back to the Packers defense not being able to fill a hole or anything like that. Um, 186 yards, by the way, for most of before he even contacted. So he had 186 oh. rush yards yesterday without even being touched. Let's we'll talk about that in a second. But let's go back to your Kansas City Chiefs. The blindside block call, the offsides. Then the week before that, they had three special teams blunders, and they're still oh. winning by double digits. Rob, they are—they have yet to put together a good game in the playoffs or in all four quarters, and they are still dominating, folks. Is there any chance of them putting together four sound quarters, or are they is this going to be something where they play two good quarters, two bad quarters? Is this just kind of how their team is? I think it's just kind of how they are. Honestly, I when you watch them early in the game. They just look out of sorts, out of sync, and then they just get it together and start putting drives together, and it's, they're unstoppable. So if I'm the 49ers, I'm coaching, look, we got to play for four quarters, and if we get up on these guys, we can't take our foot off the gas. we got to continue to throttle down on these dudes because they're so explosive and so good. Special teams-wise, I mean, if you get a punt blocked and then you muff a punt, your chances of winning are slim to none. Yep. And they beat they beat the Texans by like thirty. You know, so <laughs> I played special teams. I was a core guy, you know, and I know how important that is, so I took a lot of pride in it. You these guys in this game cannot make any mistakes like they have in the past. You know, when you watch the first Tennessee Titan game versus the Kansas City Chiefs they have a chance to go and score to, to put the game in overtime, and they freaking get a field goal box. Like, these plays, if it comes back to you, it could haunt you. So they gotta, they got to be tight in every aspect of this game because the 49ers, they could capitalize on any of these plays and put it out of reach for you. You know what it's like, Rob? It's like when a team can't make free throws. I think back to oh, – it's- when Shaq's at the line, you're like, just make one, and he misses two. <laughs> I look back to, I think back to the, and this might be too long ago, but that Memphis team that was so good, but they couldn't make a damn free throw, and everybody's like, oh, they're so athletic, they'll carry them. And then they got to the championship, and they missed like 20 free throws, and they lost the game. That's what special teams is. And this Chiefs team has been able to, now, Cole Quit and Buck are very good, but it feels like they just make dumb mistakes on special teams, almost because they feel like, meh, meh. Doesn't really matter. I mean, this doesn't really matter. I mean, it, it, it almost feels like that. But once you run into a team that's equally as great as you, and I'm not saying the Niners are, I'm not saying the Niners have nearly as much weapons as the Kansas City Chiefs do on the offensive side of the ball, but that Niners team is a complete team. I mean, they can wreck you in all three phases. That's one that could potentially catch up to you and get your ass. Yeah, well, I think the equalizer is just the front. I mean, you look at Bosa and the things that he's doing as a rookie. And look, when I was a veteran, I didn't care if they drafted somebody because I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to get it and they're going to be better than me in their rookie season. <laughs> that Bosa kid is freaking good. He's better. He would have taken my job because he plays hard. He's fast. He gets after like later in the game when him and uh, I think it was him and Alexander. I can't remember the linebacker, but he rolled up on somebody. I don't think it was Alexander somebody else. But he made the play ten field ten yards down the field on a check down, like he's running to the ball. Which that's you know for me, I get it. WD white guys, yeah, we run to the football. But the guy plays hard. I love it. I am a big fan of watching Bosa play the football. 
I'm a big fan of George Kittle. I love what that offensive line and Kyle Juszczyk have been able to do. If this game ends up on Jimmy G's arm, which it could because the Chiefs defense eliminated Derrick Henry, they made Ryan Tannehill have to beat him. If this ends up on Jimmy G's arm, do you think they could still win this game? Yeah, I do. I have a lot of faith in Jimmy G. I, you know, I was with him for a while. He's a great teammate. Um, I was able to witness just kind of the way he prepares and, and how good of a football player he is. Before practice, I would go out to practice early, and me and him would like play face two points, chest one point. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you play the, the accuracy game. And the guy is a freak as far as accuracy. And I know there's one or two a game, just like any quarterback. You ask any quarterback – Hey, you wish you had a few balls back? They're going to say, of course. I wish I had that one back. He just can't make those that throw in this game. He can't throw a lazy ball out to the flat, floater and cover two or something like that and get it picked. He just has to be consistent, manage the football game, rely on his running game, rely on the offensive line. Don't try and make too much stuff happen. With You, you can't compare yourself to Mahomes. You can't say, oh, I'm going to make an explosive play like that guy. You just got to take what the defense gives you, read the defense, Play what you know how to play, how you know how to play. Take care of the football because at the end of the day, football teams lose more games than actually win those. Oh, that's a that's a Belichick thing. These guys, these teams lose football. It's it's like you watch the the Packers, right? And then you could take experience and throw it out the window because experience means absolutely nothing in the playoffs. You could you we've seen guys like Rodgers with playoff experience and Super Bowl rings fumble snaps under center and turn the ball over when they're driving the score. Mm. We've seen guys unheralded that have never made a play in the Super Bowl, Malcolm Butler example, come up in the biggest game of their lives and make the game-winning play. So you got to throw experience out. Everything just comes down to execution, playing the right play when you have to make it. And who's going to do it? We don't know. Who's going to make a, a game losing play, we don't know. But I do know this: the Super Bowl having these extra two weeks to prepare, it might tighten you up a little bit. Some of these dudes are going to have diamonds dropping out of their ass because they're going to be a little tight. So <laughs> you're going to have to relax and rely on your preparation to go out there and succeed. Is Jimmy G a guy that will get tight, or does he seem like he's carefree? I, I think Jimmy G has gotten a lot of unwarranted scrutiny because of the amount of success that they had on the running side just yesterday. A lot of people talk about how Jimmy G only threw it eight times. He's a game manager. He's this. Every quarterback's a game manager. It's just whether or not you win is all that matters. Do you think Jimmy G cares about any of these things that are said about him, or do you think Jimmy G will kind of rise to the occasion and not give a damn about anything else? You know, I don't think he's going to give a damn about whatever everybody, everybody else says. There's Everyone's got an opinion. You know, we, we, us, yeah, Pat, us, we are the so-called experts, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the first week of the playoffs, guess what? I was 0-4. Next week I, I have some redemption. I'm 4-0. Now I'm 2-0. So I'm back on top as far as record goes, 6-2 and in the playoffs. boy. Or 6-4. and Sorry, 6-4. and But I would say this. You cannot, as a football player, and you know it too, you cannot waste any time listening to outside noise. Yes, you can let that stuff motivate you. I've had plenty of people say, oh, Nikovich, you know, can't walk to the bathroom without tearing an ACL. Nikovich sucks, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. You just take it and you, you just put it in the bank. Yeah, okay, that's you're saying that about me. I got it. I got it. And then you go perform and you try and shut as many people up as possible with your performances. So are there going to be people that hate on you? Yes, people hate on everyone. It's just the world we're in. People are jealous. 
Jimmy G's a solid football player with the intangibles that you would want as your main guy, as your quarterback. He has what it takes. He's got all the skills. He's got the accuracy. He's got the, the leading ability. And quarterbacks, this is what you got to do as a quarterback. You got to lead. You got to make the right decisions when the game's on the line. And you got to make sure you take care of the football. That's it. You got to take care of the football lead and make the right the right choices. That, those three things. If you can do that, your team's going to win a lot more than lose. Sounds so and, e- so easy. I can't believe they're pa- easy. I can't doesn't believe they're paying easy. these guys forty million dollars. All right, before I let you go, I got last question for I you. I can Rob. do that shit. Come on, I yeah. cover two, hit them in the seam. You don't yeah. reroute them. Stress yeah. on the safety. Look them off. I got it. Easy. It's uh, what two hundred million dollars are going to pay people that to do that. All right. Hey, Bef- are you going to the Pro Bowl? I am not. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think. I'd love for her to do some skills challenges. I'll snap to you in a oh. mailbox or something. You can, oh. you can kick the ball all over the place, trick shot style. Oh. Man, I'm going down Tuesday. I'm going Tuesday, so it'll be good. I'm going to walk around Epcot and make sure that I sample every single thing there. boy, you should do the tour of the world, the beer tour. You should go try to That's hit the beer tour. boy, I'm doing it. All right, before I let you go, I have a question for you. Is yes. Richard Sherman the best cover three corner in the history of cover <laughs> three corners? Did you see Revis? Oh, yeah. Revis not happy. I'm assuming you were teammates with Revis. How do you feel about this give and take? Revis is enjoying retirement. The guy, he's... He's he's enjoying it. I, I saw a picture of him. He looks he looks about two twenty five right now. Oh, <laughs> oh, fat and happy Revis. <laughs> he, you know he's looking heavy, but it's okay. I love Revis. He's a good. He was a great teammate. Good dude. Sherman. This is my thing. Sherman is a guy that you would want on your defense. He's a leader. He brings Amen. a lot of energy to the table. In man coverage, you know he's only thirty one years old. All right. So if you put a guy that's running a you know, a go on you and his man and he gets behind there, he's not going to, he doesn't have makeup speed. Okay. But if you tell him to hard read the quarterback and, and he's there for, you know, tackling and, and he's always going to make the right decision. And sometimes yes. And man, you'll get beat. I don't care who you are. If it's man coverage. You're going to get beat. Uh-huh. But once uh, one of the best special teams coordinators I've ever been with. Okay. Scotty O'Brien, Scotty O. Scotty O. I'd mess up something. He'd go, hey, 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 hey. Say it just like this. Hey, hey, guess what? They get paid, too. They get paid, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. So so they get paid, too. You're going to get beat. I've missed tackles. I've gotten beat. I've had tackles throw me to the ground. I've been depleted. I've, and I get back up. I say, hey, good job, buddy. So, look, Sherman, I think, brings a, a physicality, like a, a mindset. He always seems angry, right? He's always yelling. He's mad. They don't believe in us. They sweet, you know. And they're like, what? Who doesn't believe in you? But it, it, he just brings that to the table to where the rest of the team's like, okay, I'm with him. You know? So sometimes defense, you just need a mindset. That's all it takes. And well, I, I think cover he. Cover three, cover two, zone, read the quarterback. Man, I don't care what you're doing. If you're making plays, I, I think you're a good player. Amen. Just like you were, two time Super Bowl champ. Not fat, not skinny. Same way he used to be, Rob Ninkovich. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Hey. I'm running the Boston Marathon. Wish me luck. Hey, good luck out there, pal. I couldn't walk that thing. Uh, I'm going to be eating donuts on the way. Jeez, don't do that. Rob, do whatever you want, actually. I apologize for the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the show. I just want to let you know that there's an app out there that is strictly a selling app. Well, obviously, if it's a selling app, it can be a buying app, too. But in this particular case, I'm talking to you that you should be selling the extra shit that you have lying around the house. 
There's an app out there called Mercari that makes it super easy for real people to sell and ship their unused shit. We all have things we don't use, never used, or simply just outgrew. But that stuff still has value. Mercari gives you the power to simply sell it, ship it, and earn some cash for it. Fashion to toys, sporting goods to electronics, all the brands you know and love. The mission of Mercari is simple. To make selling easier than buying. And with 45 million plus downloads in the U.S. and 150,000 new listings every single day, they're just getting started. Everybody has things in their homes that don't get use. Good things. Kids baseball gloves that no longer fit. Old phones that got upgraded. A pair of jeans that was only worn once. Maybe you outgrew How about your closets, drawers, garages? They're full of useful but unused things. Mercari is the app you can use to sell this shit and get extra cash. You take a few pictures of it, add a description, set the price, and boom, your item is listed. So if you have things you don't use, sell them, ship them, and get paid. Check out Mercari on the app stores or on Mercari.com. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store. 500,000 reviews. Average rating of 4.8 out of 5. So why wouldn't you give it a try? Over 500,000 reviews. Holy. That's an alarming. I mean, that's a lot of reviews. 4.8 star rating. Why wouldn't you give it a try? Ring in the new year with less stuff in your home and more money in your pocket with Mercari. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Mercari, the selling app. You know, clean out the house a little bit. Get some cash on the side. Everything ships so there's no awkward meetups. They'll even send you a shipping label via email. Mercari, download the app. M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Make money. For the stuff Jeff lying around. The Kansas City Chiefs proved once again that it doesn't matter how many mistakes they make. It doesn't matter how slow they start. The Kansas City Chiefs can beat you whenever, however, with whomever. You want to double team our best guys? No big deal. We'll find other guys that you haven't even heard of and make them score touchdowns. You think we're only going to throw the ball? Just wait until the second half. Andy Reid chooses just to run the ball. And you think Patrick Mahomes, this gunslinger, this guy that can throw the ball 80 yards on a dime if he wants to, won't make smart decisions? You're wrong. He'll throw the ball away, and then he'll take exactly what the defense gives him and run the ball and scamper the ball all over the place. The Tennessee Titans yesterday came in with a great plan. We're going to have sustained drives. We're going to pick up first downs. We're going to get the run game going. We're going to let Ryan Tannehill open it up. We're going to do this. They set up for a field goal early, 3-0. Then they score a touchdown, 10-0. And everybody's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this the same thing we saw last week? Or is this the Tennessee Titans' destiny leading them to a victory over a team that looks unstoppable? And then all of a sudden, what happened? The Kansas City Chiefs decided they were going to be good again, flipped the switch. Patrick Mahomes leads them down the field in like 45 seconds, scores a touchdown. They're back in the game, bing, bang, bang. Boom, take the lead before half. And at halftime, Mike Vrabel, Dean Pease, and the boys had to make a decision. They had just seen Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense in the second quarter get hot. He knows that in the last two games, the Kansas City Chiefs in the second quarter have six drives for six touchdowns. They decided to completely abort Derrick Henry project, which has been the thing that they've been banking on their entire season. This entire magical run has been Derrick Henry in the second half. They even said in all the pregame shows, like, Derrick Henry, 
in the first half. His numbers aren't that great, whatever. He gets it going. But in the second half is when Derrick Henry just punishes people. He's averaging like 10 yards a carry in the second half. Boom, boom, boom. But what happened was they saw Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the boys get hot in the second quarter. And at halftime, they said, we got to put this on Ryan Tannehill. We're going to have to throw this ball. We can't just run the rock because if we do that, they're just going to outscore us and they're going to keep it moving. Derrick Henry had negative one yards in the second half. He had the same amount of first downs as Patrick Mahomes did with his legs. They completely aborted the mission, and instead, the Kansas City Chiefs, who have done this time in and time out, especially in their last eight weeks, this run, made a team play left-handed, which is something that the Patriots used to do. It's something that good teams used to do, and it's a great way to win, especially when you have an offense that can score as quick as a hiccup. Patrick Mahomes is an alien. This dude has every single thing you could ever ask for for an NFL quarterback. Yes, Lamar Jackson was an anomaly. Is an anomaly. That offense was catered to Lamar Jackson making plays. And if Lamar Jackson's off just a little bit, it turns out the Titans get that win. But with Patrick Mahomes and all the weapons, it just feels like this guy... Whenever he wants, however he wants, can pick apart a defense. Now, did he get dropped into a situation that's beautiful with one of the best NFL coaches of all time, Andy Reid? One of the best play callers of all time, Andy Reid and Biennemi. And also, with one of the greatest offensive sets of weapons of all time. Yes. But has he taken advantage of it? Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes, also the only player to ever be drafted by a Detroit team to start in a Super Bowl. Come on. I mean, do you really have to bring that up? Hey, credit the Tigers, though. They knew they had an athlete in that guy, but it didn't matter. Should maybe take the Tigers guy to the Lions to get Patrick Mahomes potentially there. (laughs) But Patrick Mahomes, and by the way, Chicago Bears have to be watching this, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they drafted ah, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Zito was laughing at Detroit there. <laughs> uh, you, you deserved it too. But what Patrick Mahomes and that offense can do is whatever they want. Whatever they want. They just have to flip a switch. And the defense of the Chiefs since week 11 has been the number one defense in the NFL. Now, they gave up 24 points to the Texans in the first uh, first quarter of a game last week. So, that's obviously something to open your eyes to. They were down 10 nothing to the Titans in the first quarter this week. That's something to open your eyes to. But since Week 11, the Kansas City Chiefs defense has averaged giving up 16 points. That's it. 16 points. You do a little quick math. Patrick Mahomes can score 17 points in any given quarter with his left hand. This is a recipe for success. They even have blunders on special teams. They give up block kicks. They do all these things. They muff punts. They do all these things in special teams. They give up fake punts like they did yesterday to the Titans when it was obvious that they were probably going to fake it. Down three scores in the fourth quarter. It doesn't matter because of how talented the offense is, how talented the defense is. That team is a buzzsaw right now. That team is going to be tough to stop because once you think you'll double-team this guy, double-team this guy, somehow, someway, Veach, the GM, drafted somebody else, Andy Reid plugs him in, and they do something wildly different and somebody else gets the ball. They ran the ball down the Titans' throats. Mm -hmm. Ran the ball down the Titans' throats in the third quarter. When you thought that that team couldn't do anything, and stats said that they only ran on 24% of their plays or whatever, in the second half, the Chiefs said, you know what, we'll run all over this team. If you want to drop eight guys into coverage, eight guys in the zone, and only have a three-man rush on Patrick Mahomes, we'll just run the ball, or Pat will run himself, and they took advantage of everything. Incredible run by the Tennessee Titans. Actually hate that it's going to stop. I enjoyed watching them play football. I enjoyed watching a guy who's 247 pounds run 21 miles an hour through people, around people, and shake the hell out of people. I loved watching this Titans team. But 
If you're a Titans fan, 28 free agents on that team. 28 of them. And the nature of the beast is this in the NFL. There's a lot of people on that team who are never going to see each other again. Ever. Ever. They just had this miraculous run in the locker room. They were celebrating together. They were getting on planes together. They were taking pictures together. They went on this dynasty-like thing. And now they will never see each other again. Those might be two notable players. 28 people have to get their business settled. Two of them are Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, who are a large part of this success. Now, granted, the offensive line also. But that run that has come to an end has a lot of Tennessee Titans fans thinking, damn, This was our chance. Now let's see how the business unfolds. But the Chiefs team handled them very easily and made the Tennessee Titans become a team that they weren't. Almost made Tennessee Titans team panic, which we didn't think we were going to see. Yeah, the Chiefs are just incredible. I really don't think there's any other way to say it. And and granted, it's a double-edged sword kind of with Mahomes because everyone talks about, you know, like he's got all these weapons. He makes those guys better. Like, you know, how how many many quarterbacks? I mean, he's hitting Tyreek Hill in stride on those bombs. Like, there's a handful of guys that can actually do that. So, yeah, he's got a bunch of incredible weapons. But, I mean, already at 23, people are talking about him being the best quarterback ever. Yeah, and, and and it's hard. It's almost hard to argue when you watch him play. Andy Reid is a guy who took the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl for the first time in 24 years in Philadelphia. Now he's taking the Kansas City Chiefs to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years for Kansas City. I still don't know which Kansas City it is, but one of the Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Congrats to both both Kansas cities, yeah, both states, yes, both both Kansas <laughs> and Missouri. But they haven't been to the Super Bowl in 50 years. Andy Reid has gotten them there now. This is Andy Reid's best team. A lot of people might say the 4 Eagles team is his best team. That was with Dawkins and McNabb, and I think T.O. was there mm-hmm. and all that. This team right here is Andy Reid's most talented team. And Andy Reid, Steve Spagnola, Biennemi, they have figured out a way to take advantage of all of their weapons. The only, the only thing about it is they seem to lack discipline. They jump off sides. They, make stupid, they do stupid things uh, off the ball. Blindside block, sets them back inside the 10, forces them to punt. That was the MO in the team, by the way. If you can put the Chiefs inside the 10, they're probably going to punt. They jump off sides a lot. They make special teams blunders. They did it just yesterday. But none of it matters because Andy Reid and Biennemi take care of, or take advantage of all the weapons they have in offense. And Spagnola has the defense playing better than they've ever played. Chris Jones, number 95, D-tackle, didn't play in the first round or divisional round of playoffs because of a calf injury. Comes back this week. They said they were going to have him limited. After the third time he was in the, on the game or on the field, he was looking at the crowd, getting them pumped up. It's like, oh, this guy's ready to play. This guy's all the way back. He was on the field 18 times, was double team 16 times, had four pressures and two tackles or something like that. He is just a game wrecker, Chris Jones is. He's great to be back. And Tyron Matthew, just like Rob Ninkovich, who came on in the first hour, said Richard Sherman was an attitude changer for the San Francisco 49ers defense. Tyron Matthew was an attitude changer for that Chiefs defense. Now, Sorensen's making a lot of plays. Classic white guy playing safety. He's smart. He's all over the place. He's making plays. But Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, don't care. The honey badger is a savage. And he throws form tackling completely out the window in air or in lieu of a monster hit. And that is something that energizes your entire team. The Chiefs right now just feel like a team that is going to be very, very tough to stop. And you look at, I mean, the Niners, they they don't make any mistakes, so that's why I think a lot of people are saying, you know, that they think that the Niners are going to be able to come out, because like you mentioned, you know, like you have those types of blunders against like so-so teams, then, then your offense is explosive enough to overcome that, but... That Niners team just they you know exactly what they're gonna do and they still come out and punch people in the mouth and, and it's like there's nothing you can do to stop it. The Niners yesterday, by about probably, I don't know, second quarter, maybe late first, 
The Niners learned that they were able to run however they wanted to run against the Green Bay Packers. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's idea yesterday was, we're going to run the ball and Jimmy G's only going to throw it eight times. I assume that was not the game plan. But once you realize that your offense is absolutely manhandling the defense, manhandling. George Kittle was just pancake after pancake after pancake. Debo Samuel was blocking humans 20 yards down the field for the running back. That offensive line and Kyle Juszczyk were just blowing people out of the water. 186 yards were rushed yesterday for the San Francisco 49ers before they even had contact. Absurd. 186 yards before being touched. That's like flag football. They ran for 186 yards yesterday before somebody even from the Packers getting a hand on them. Whenever you're that dominant at moving humans, you don't need your quarterback to throw the damn ball. You don't need them to. Like, hey, Jimmy, you're really handsome, okay? You were able to throw the ball over the yard against the Saints and some other teams, and we appreciate you doing that. But you're seeing the exact same thing we're seeing. You just hand the damn ball off and get your handsome ass out of the way, and we're going to be in Miami in a couple weeks. And that is exactly what happened. Now, the Niners defense, just like the beginning of the year, their first half of the year, and they're towards the end, were dominant. Just absolutely causing chaos for Aaron Rodgers, making his life miserable. That front, that front four is stupid. And I think D Ford's back, which is hilarious. I mean, Nick Bosa is this rookie who obviously sat out his last year at Ohio State after getting an injury after a couple weeks in and has been preparing for this and studying for this and his older brother's in the NFL and his grandfather was a, you know, a boss in the mob. So he's obviously a hard ass. But what Nick Bosa can do with his energy and his motor and his technique and his ability to just shed blockers is next level and game-changing. And George Kittle, Sherman, all these guys have been quoted in the middle of games saying Nick Bosa is the reason why this defense is so damn good. He's just a little Energizer Bunny in there who wreaks havoc. If anybody can stop the Kansas City Chiefs, it's Nick Bosa in that front four potentially making Patrick Mahomes' life miserable. But let's assume that Andy Reid's going to get that ball out of his hand quickly. Let's assume that Patrick Mahomes, who makes smart decisions, he's not scared to throw the ball away, not scared to tuck and run it when he needs to, and he doesn't take a big hit unless he's trying to spin-move guy and score a touchdown. But that's going to be the real chess match. Can that front four get to Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid can get the ball out of his hand? I'll be excited to see it. I have a question for you. Yeah, buddy. So the Packers going into that game, all, a lot of the players and the coaches were talking about, like, oh, well, we have a really sound game plan this time, and we're very, we're very confident with how we're going to attack the 49ers. Does that, did that just get thrown out the window? Like when they get smacked in the mouth and they're getting their asses kicked like that, do they just panic and it's like, all right. What, am, what did Mike Tyson say? Everybody had the plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly but, what it was. But it's like because – that that game literally played out exactly the way the first one did. They wanted to run with Aaron Jones. They do early, you know, and then they get themselves into third and eights, and it's like, oh, well, hopefully Rodgers can bail our asses out, and it just constantly. And then same thing, 49ers can pin their ears back and get pressure. I mean, it was, it was a carbon copy of that first game almost. Anytime they get you in third and long, five or longer, you're done. Yeah. You're absolutely – like, the Chiefs have to be able to stay on schedule. That's what – the Chiefs have to maintain third and short, third and less than five, because if not, that Niners defense is going to absolutely eat. And I don't think anybody was chipping Bosa either. I, I didn't see one time – chewed up Bakhtiari. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think Bakhtiari was, had any help either. He did Like, like I, I assume here that they'll have Kelsey or somebody chip Bosa because he's a game wrecker. It's like when we had Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis, they were seeing three guys every single play. Mm-hmm. 
It was the, the, the tight end would get a piece of him, the tackle would get a piece of him, and then even the running back would chip him. It felt like Bosa was never chipped, which is something that a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator is going to have to figure out. And that's going to be something, I think, going into this offseason, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a better grasp of this offense. So let Aaron Rodgers go out to Malibu, do some yoga out there with Danica, look out at the ocean, mm-hmm. and think about that offense and how we can make it better. you got to remember, Aaron's one of the most cerebral and smart humans to ever play in the NFL. Yep. That is not just like, uh, hey, he's our friend, we're going to kiss his ass. That is real. He's one of the smartest humans to ever play in the NFL. I think once he gets a better grasp on it, he'll probably offer up some suggestions. They, they know their weaknesses now. They have to be able to stop the run game, maybe shore up that offensive line a little bit. But them not chipping Bosa throughout that entire game seemed like a big flaw in my eyes. And uh, I talked to a friend of mine who played against that team. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you chip Bosa hard, like you have to get him. Mm-hmm. If you chip him a couple times, it becomes a different animal because Bosa is a fighter. Bosa wants to take that guy on right. and the other guy. So now you got him thinking about two people. It's a whole different ball game. But they, I feel like the Packers didn't chip him at all. And they were just eating however they wanted to eat. And Bakhtiari, he, he, I don't, Bakhtiari is very good, very good at football. But whenever you got an elite specimen on the other side mm-hmm. and you're going one-on-one, you're going to lose sometimes. And it felt like that happened. And the rest of the team ate as well. Yeah, that I guess tough. it didn't matter because, you know, the defense sucks anyway. They need to fire Mike Patton. You know, you can't, you can't give up 300 yards and expect to win. But, you know, yeah, I mean, Chip and Bosa would have helped as well. Ty, did you get that off your chest there? I've been waiting to say. I've wanted them to fire Mike Patton for like three years now. And granted, you bring in those guys and like the Smith brothers and they have, you know, a huge impact and – People act like it was Mike Pettin that was doing it. The guy stinks. <laughs> Get rid of him. He stinks. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Such an abrupt insert there. You don't deserve that. I appreciate you. I watched The Last OG, the one that was on TBS. It's on Netflix. My lady and I watched it. I actually enjoyed it. Tracy Morgan does some good acting in there. He's obviously The Last OG. But things happen. My lady and I loved it, though. That's not what this is for, though. This is to tell you (laughs) who had the vitamins, who got off track, who took the vitamins. His name is Pat. (laughs) Speaking of vitamins... Everyone always talks about how important it is to get a good night's sleep. But that advice can be hard to follow when things like work, social events, and existential dread make it hard to shut your mind off at night. And if any of that sounds familiar, don't worry about it. CBDMD has a powerful product that can help you get the rest you need to feel your best. CBDPM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. I literally just took mine three minutes ago. So that means in about 27 minutes, I'm going to pass out. I started utilizing this stuff about a year ago. Loved it. You'll love it too. CBDMD. It really works. I, I was using Tylenol PM and Advil PM. And then other stuff to put me to sleep. And then I wore up a, a tolerance or grew a tolerance to that and it wouldn't knock me out anymore. And I felt weird taking two pills every night. And then I started doing CBD, MDPM. Loved it. Absolutely 
love the CBD PM. And to make it even easier to try this CBD PM or any of the CBDMD's premium CBD oil products, they're offering all listeners of this show 25% off your next order when you use the promo code McAfee, that's M-C-A-F-E-E, at CBDMD.com. 25% off at CBDMD.com when you use promo code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, on your purchase of high-quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. The CBD PM is the truth. I love it. Knocks me out. I dream good, and I wake up feeling damn good. They got a whole array of other stuff to make your body and mind feel better with CBD. CBDMD.com, promo code McAfee, 25% off. Back to the show. Let's get to line five, Zito. You got it. We have uh, Jamie from Thunder Bay, I think located somewhere in Canada. Ontario. Mm. Ontario, hey. Hey, what's going on there, Pat? Hey there, pal. Calling in from Thunder Bay uh, there, hey. I watch a little American sports here, hey. I watch a little uh, football, hey. Well, you know, Pat, it's a good day in Thunder Bay, but uh, not a great day in Green Bay. So I was oh. wondering what Ty thinks the Packers should do other than fire Patton. We. Like, Rodgers needs some more weapons. I mean, Devontae's great and everything, but we don't have any secondary receiving. I agree, Jamie. We agree with him, I think. Yeah. I think what's going to happen is, I think Aaron, by the way, thanks for the call from Thunder Bay. I th- it's, it's always a good day in Thunder Bay. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I wonder if that's just like the town slogan. Like, hey, it's a good day at Thunder Bay. Hey. I love that. I want to go to. I want to do a Canadian tour at some point. That'd be great. I love the fact that he's a Green Bay Packer fan because, as are we, they need some more weapons. They obviously need to shore up the run defense. And I think what they're most important here is Aaron Rodgers has an entire offseason now to kind of take in and digest this Matt Lafleur offense. Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers first year together, six and ten. Yep. Second year together, I think he won 11 games. That jump from year one to year two, just like the jump from a rookie quarterback to a second year, is supposed to get better. Now, the sophomore slump is a real thing, but you're supposed to make your biggest jump into your second year. Aaron Rodgers thinking about that offense, digesting that offense, things that worked, maybe rewatching film from the year. I think that's going to be a massive thing for this Green Bay Packer team. Get that offense a little bit better, a little bit more cohesive, one more year under the system, and obviously getting weapons on the offensive side. Yeah, for sure. They also need to get much faster at linebacker because the Smith brothers, for all intents and purposes, they're just edge guys. Like they, you know, like Blake Martinez, love him. Hard nosed player, smart. Thanks for your service. Thanks for your service. He's gone. They're not going to re-sign him. They need to get they need to get faster at linebacker. They need someone who can actually play in coverage and also be able to plug those holes. I mean, you like you look at yesterday, like you like we've mentioned, Mostert was untouched. I mean, just gashing them for and it's not like they were just running ten yards at a time, twelve yards at a time. It was thirty yards at a time, forty yards not at a time. Being touched by anybody. They did a lot of work in the secondary and, you know, yesterday you, you couldn't really tell. I mean, obviously Jimmy G only threw it eight times. But yeah, the the biggest the biggest thing is Rogers is getting older. You can't spin that same narrative that they do with Brady and that they did with Peyton where it's just like you can have all these undrafted free agents and it's like well Rodgers is going to make these guys much better it's like granted he's he's good but after teams saw what Devontae Adams was doing it's like alright let's just put three guys on him who the hell is Rodgers going to throw to oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, Graham what is oh. he going to beat someone well, runs Jimmy- an 8 second 40 <laughs> when he also I feel like Jimmy Graham is 
one of the most come see, come saw players I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's just like one day he's on, one day he's, he's off. Right. One day he's on a plane, one day he's on a jugs machine. Exactly. It feels like there's no real consistency with the old Jimmy Graham, and that's something that you're, they're going to have to take advantage or take care of in the offseason. Need a tight end that's a stud. Need another weapon there for Aaron Rodgers. Have to sure up the run defense. You got to get better linebackers and maybe sure up the offensive line. Sounds like a lot of work, to be honest with you. A lot of work, but I think the biggest thing is going to be Aaron digesting this offense for the next couple of months. Matt LaFleur getting a chance to reflect on his first year as a uh, head coach and as really an offense, second year as an offense coordinator, I guess. It's one of, now, LaFleur is the head coach of Green Bay, leaves Tennessee to become, after one year of calling, the Tennessee Titans offense got much better after he left. It did. Much, much better. Much better after he left. Jason Garrett was relieved of his offensive play call duties. That offense got much better after he did. Now he's the offense coordinator for the New York Giants. I'm yeah. sure that's going to work out well. I'm sure this is the decision that's going to work out great, especially with Joe Judge, who's never been a head coach, with a guy who's been a head coach for nine years in the division. If there's any sense of trouble at all, there might. I'm sure there won't be any conversation about Jason Garrett should be running the ship. No, I'm sure that won't happen. Not. I'm sure they're not setting themselves up for failure. No, of course I'm not. excited to see Jason Garrett get back into the driver's seat, though, see what type of plays he calls. But I feel like it's going to be much of the same, which is just a bunch of junk, mm-hmm. bunch of crap. Poor Saquon, poor poor Danny Dimes. Career's just going down the toilet. <laughs> Flush it down. <laughs> Connor McGregor knocked out Cowboys thrown in 40 seconds. How you like me now with a boot to the face? Connor's hair wasn't even messed up. It looked as if he came fresh out of the shower <laughs> right after that fight. Went right into his after party. Says he's ready to fight within the next couple months if need be. Before that fight, he even said, uh, I think this one goes quick. I think this one goes quick, you know, and if it does, we fight again soon. He said he's ready to fight four times this year. He said, I think, I think I'm ready to go. He wants to fight again. He's in a whole new headspace. Tony Robbins, I guess, has been sports psychiatristing him. Mm-hmm. Good for Conor McGregor. Shout out to him. Welcome back. Dana White said he's probably going to fight Khabib next, which I absolutely hate. I would rather he fights Jorge Masvidal for the BMF title. That would be beautiful. I think the hype for that would be real. But if Conor loses to Khabib, not great. It's over. For anybody. And I don't think the Khabib fight can get as much hyped. What? The guy jumped over the cage and went to fight a member in the crowd. Good. Dana White is a professional fight maker. I understand that. But for me, you get him and Jorge Masvidal. Let's go ahead and build this up. Get him the BMF title. And let's see if Conor McGregor is the Conor McGregor of old. He said whenever his last couple fights... He said he wasn't focused. He was drinking the week of fights and things like that. He said he's back into a very calm headspace where he's fully committed to fighting. He's already made his money. He's already done everything else he needs to do. Now he just loves fighting and his entire team feels that way. Let's get him in there with Jorge Masvidal then. The guy that used to fight in Kimbo Slice's backyard. Kimbo, rest in peace. Moment of silence. Kimbo was the man. Back whenever I was a kid, I used to use dial-up internet. Get on the internet and watch this guy just with his fists and massive upper body walk into somebody's backyard or gym or whatever and just beat the hell out of them. Jorge Masvidal used to do that in in his backyard. Mm -hmm. When Kimbo Slice wasn't beating people up or being a bodyguard for porn, he was finding new fighters. Jorge Masvidal was one of those guys. He is an absolute electric factory, and he's already on record as saying Dana White won't want him to fight Conor McGregor. 
strictly because he would kill him. Like actual homicide, mm -hmm. Conor McGregor. That's a fight the world wants to see. Will we see it now or will we see it later? Who knows? Tom Brady was talking to Mark Davis, the owner of the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, at that fight. Brought all the stars out, by the way. Matthew McConaughey was there. Dave Batista was there. Bill Zarian might have lost $2 billion yeah. on Cowboy Cerrone. If that wasn't fake, that might have been fake. Could have been, yeah. That might have right. been That might have been fake. Had to be fake. There, I don't know what he was thinking. He, there was a lot of money. Anyway, the stars were out. Miles Garrett was there with yep. a friend. Yep. <laughs> Tom Brady, though, was photographed talking to Mark Davis, and I have inside sources saying that they were talking for about 20 minutes down there. What could they have possibly been talking about? Obviously, they're talking about Tom Brady becoming the head uh, the quarterback, starting quarterback, and possibly assistant head coach right. for the Las Vegas Raiders. John Gruden would absolutely love to have the greatest of all time in his building. It's not just good for the offense. It's good for everybody to see what it takes to be great. I don't think he goes to the Las Vegas Raiders, but this is what Tom Brady has set up with his cerebral approach this year. For every word that has come out of his mouth, anything that he is directly or connected to, whether it's a photo in Vegas with Mark Davis, whether it's a trip to Miami or California or Indianapolis will stop by, this conversation is going to start, this speculation is going to start, and that's exactly where you want to be if you're TB12. So in your opinion, when something like that happens – no matter what is said, does that put pressure on these other GMs? Are they thinking like, oh, like the the Raiders are in the lead right now? Like we we th or is it? More I don't like think anybody thinks the Raiders are in the lead because the season doesn't end until March, right? right? March, nothing can happen. But they definitely see like, and then in his interview afterwards, where he's like, he's open to the process, he's yep. open to this. He likes, he loves playing football. Not once in that interview did he say, "I hope I end up back at the Patriots," exactly. right? Which is all anybody was waiting for him to say was he hopes he goes back to the Patriots. He didn't say that. He said he loves football, still has a lot left to prove. I think all these things are making people go, "Well, damn, he really is going to leave." And I think that Mark Davis picture, Tom knew exactly what he was going to do. Yep. Tom Tom Brady knew exactly what that was going to do. I think I might have been the first one to tweet it out. By the way, shout out Gumpy for finding that photo. Mm -hmm. But I. I the speculation is real. What do we think about Richard Sherman? Richard Sherman came on this show and apologized to Baker Mayfield for the DAP gate that happened before the Niners played the Browns with a, an alleged missed handshake, kind of, you know, lack of interest. So the conversation with Richard Sherman was one that went a lot of different ways and went away that nobody thought it was going to happen. Richard Sherman owned up to his mistake. Now, with Darrell Revis and Richard Sherman's situation on the Twitter, I love this. This is what I live for. I, I live on the internet. I love whenever people start chirping each other and when it gets maybe a bit petty. But what people have to remember, Darrell Rivas, goat. Yeah. Goat. Business-wise, on the field-wise, Rivas Island wasn't just some catchy gimmick. That was a real thing. Talked to Bart Scott this morning. A half a field was just gone because Darrell Rivas was covering somebody. Dan Rolovsky talked about whenever he was on teams as a backup quarterback, their entire scheme, their offensive strategy, which is to leave off the side of the field that Darrell Rivas was on. He and Richard Sherman played two different styles. So the fact that Darrell Rivas probably got a little bit upset that at some point they said Richard Sherman's the greatest corner of all time because Richard Sherman proves it. Richard Sherman is a stud on the field. He locks people down. He picks the ball off in magical situations. He brought an entire attitude to the Niners. So whenever people say this is the greatest corner of all time, I think Darrell Rivas takes exception because Darrell Rivas doesn't do TV. Darrell Rivas isn't the most relevant individual right now. He's kind of disappeared with all of his money that he's made an incredible investments in himself and other things. But nobody... People forget about Terrell Reeves. So I think what Terrell Reeves was saying was, hey, put some respect on my damn name 
And what ended up happening was Richard Sherman obviously was the brunt end of that. Richard Sherman's not somebody who's going to back down like a bitch. No. Richard Sherman said, you're not going to say that about me, old man, basically. And they got into it a little bit, which I respect, but both those players are Hall of Fame players. Both those players have made their teams better. And Richard Sherman's in another Super Bowl, so he's got to feel damn good about it. Yeah, there's not a whole lot you can say. I mean, both those guys, obviously, you don't get to that position if you don't think that you're the best ever. Corners have to think they're the best ever. Right. That, that's a position where you have to have this ungodly like confidence about yourself because you have to react you have to be the most athletic person on the field and you have to think the human that is being paid millions and millions of dollars to get open is a lesser athlete than you are and Darrell Revis was the truth back in the day and I think people have forgot that and I think that's why he chirped off because he said he was sick of you know kind of sick of people forgetting about how good Darrell Revis Darrell Revis also uh, was a punt returner for a while he returned a punt against the West Virginia Mountaineers that I was punting in, and uh, he shook 13 players somehow when there's only 11 players <laughs> on the field. Almost won a damn SB for it. I was the missed tackle number 10 mm. of the day. So I have a lot of respect for Darrell Revis. I also have a lot of respect for Richard Sherman, but I like that they got into it a little bit. That's a beautiful thing. All right, all right. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's show. There's a lot to talk about. I'm bummed, man. I'm legitimately bummed out. Not because I'm being followed around a house by a corgi right now named Chuck that, you know, shits and pisses in the house every once in a while. But because there's only one game left, man. I know the XFL is right around the corner. Which, TBD, but the NFL only has one game left. And I appreciate all the teams and their entertainment and all the players and coaches. And the fans, hell, put on a hell of a show this year. I appreciate all of that. And I'm excited for the Chiefs and the 49ers to battle it out down there in Miami. I lost the Super Bowl down in Miami. I lost one down there. Now, granted, nobody even knew I was on the team when we lost, but I was there. I'm excited to watch the Chiefs and Niners. Two incredible teams. Best teams. I mean, everybody thought Baltimore was going to be there. I did, too. I did, too. A little rusty, I think. Got him out. But I think whenever you talked about the NFC, you talked about the Packers. You talked about the Saints. And you talked about the Niners all year. Niners came out of nowhere. What a fucking story. Defense has just been dominant. Kyle Shanahan's big brain has been operating in full force. Run games on. Jimmy G can make passes if need be. What a team. Good for them. Good for the Chiefs, too. Haven't been there in 50 years to the Super Bowl. Andy Reid and that talented team. I mean, I cannot wait for the Super Bowl. I hope you feel the same exact way. Go ahead and tweet me your predictions now of what the score is going to be. First person that gets it right, utilizing the hashtag Pat, I predict the score of the Super Bowl. First person that gets it right. Boston Connor will come through these tweets and mentions using Pat I predict, the hashtag Pat I predict, wins a thousand dollars. Thousand bucks. You got a big brain. Tweet me that. You get the score right here in two weeks. Thousand dollars. Boston Connor will keep track of it. Pat I predict, thousand dollars. All right, Ty Schmidt, play some independent music. I hope you guys have a great Tuesday. We'll see you Thursday. Remember, tell a friend if you enjoyed this show. Love a boots on the ground operation. All right. Now, Teichmann, play some independent music. For those interested, this is Colors.
Bye, Dell.